Hi, I'm Stacey Tischel, and I'm about to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. Welcome to a productive conversation. It's me, Mike Vardy, your host. And this week, I am joined by Stacey Tuchel. She has written the book Implementation Code Unlocking the Secret to Getting It All Done. So, you want to hear that secret? She's going to unlock it. And we're going to get to that during our conversation today. She says productivity makes her tick. And I totally believe it. You know, when we're dealing with overwhelm and, and all that stuff, this book addresses that. She also covers how to get unstuck and work through fear and seeking accountability. You know, whatever the topic, Stacy's very intentional about providing engaging content and conversation as well as actionable items. And that's why I'm having her back on the program again. She's been on the program before. Now it's time to hear her have another productive conversation with me. So let's get to it. Here's my productive conversation with Stacy Tuchel. Stacy, thanks for joining me today on the program. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So the the book that I'm holding in my hot little hands here, if you're watching this, if you've got video, then you know. If you're not, then you're just going to have to trust me. It's called The Implementation Code. Unlock the secret to getting it all done. And right out of the gate, I'm just going to go to, uh, I've, I've, whenever I read books, I dog ear. I was actually explaining this to my daughter yesterday. So if I have a physical copy of the book, upper corner is notes. So upper corner is like, these are things I want to touch on, but lower corner is quotes, right? Mm. So right out of the gate, I'm going to go to uh, the four phases of achievement that you talk about in the book. So we're going to jump a little bit as we converse, but I want to talk about those because that stood out to me and there's one that I want to get to in particular. But first, can you talk about the four stages of the four phases of achievement rather that you talk about in the book? Okay, first, I just have to say that is a really cool tip about the lower dog ear thing. I just do. No one thinks about I just do the top. Yeah, I just have one (laughs) strategy and it's like go back. But that's all I really know. So I, I love that. Okay, so yes, let's dive in. So. Most of us, we really have two stages, right? We we come here to learn. Yep. And then you do, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most people don't even do. They just consume, right? Mm-hmm. They just learn and they never actually do anything. But they we get into the cycle of learning, doing, learning, doing, and then kind of complaining, this isn't working. Yeah. Why isn't this working for me? Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe it's my audience. Maybe it's my, right, all the things. And what I always tell people is, is there is a stage that is where all the gold happens, all the magic happens, and, and that's in refining. Right. Right? And and people, no one wants to refine. It's not fun. Like those little tweaks, you know, the, the thing that you might have to spend a ton of time to work on, to implement on, to give just like 1% better, people don't want to do that. That's not exciting, right? Yeah. We want massive growth, massive leaps. We don't want just a tiny bit better, right? But that's where the compound effect comes in mm-hmm. and where that little tiny bit of growth turns into quantum leaps eventually, right? So refining is absolutely hands down the place you you spend 90% of your time, right? Mm-hmm. And then once you've gotten the results, I see people, and this happens all the time, right? People lose weight and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what happened? They gained it all back or wait, I thought they were doing this and now they're not anymore. Last time I talked to them 
And it's because they don't put a maintenance plan into place. That's right. What I, that's what I wanted because that's the quote that stood out. Without maintenance, okay. things have a way of reverting to the previous state. Maintenance isn't sexy either. That's no. the other thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Refining's not fun. Maintenance is definitely not what anybody wants to do. <laughs> so that's so how does someone because this is the part that pe when people think about productivity and you talk about this in book, like producing an outcome, right? That idea. And, and I mean, when I think about productivity, I mean, I've talked about this. It's the marriage of intention and attention, right? This idea of like, what do I intend to do? How am I going to pay attention to it? But outcomes obviously are what you get from doing that. So and hopefully a, a positive one if you're doing the right things, which, you know, again, getting it all done, you talk about the right things in there as well. Mm -hmm. But how do you get someone to say, you know, you're like, hey, you know what? The learning's great. The achievement, but you got to maintain. They're like, Ugh, I don't know, man. That seems like it just doesn't it doesn't feel like achievement for people when they think about maintaining. So when you work with people, how do you get them to understand that not just refining, but maintaining is yeah. is one of the biggest, biggest components? Yeah. So so many people we love to start. We love to find something new, set that new goal and go after it. Mm -hmm. Starting is very fun for us. A lot of us are not great at finishing, right? right? And here's the deal. Maintenance is not actually even about finishing. It's about keeping the success going. Right. Right? Yep. So it's not about losing 20 pounds or, you know, making six figures one time. It's about how do I keep doing that? And then you, you don't just get into maintenance and you're done. You continue to refine even in maintenance. You know, part of maintenance is setting up those measurements and those tactics to say, okay, where do I want to be 90 days from now to not just maintain what we have going, but to, to maintain the conversion, the getting better, right? That, that next level of growth. So refining is where the work is done, but the maintenance is what's going to give you long-term lasting success. I mean, I don't know what, what better word for achievement, right? Mm -hmm. Than really achieving that long-term lasting success. So again, most people, average people, they're doing the learning and it, it and I want to say like, that's where most people are. Right. And then a portion of them do a portion mm -hmm. and maybe they get success, but maybe it's very short term success right? Or they get success one time, but they don't get it at the next time, right? And then that's where the refining the maintenance comes in. Man, when you get all four of those together, you will see drastic differences in what you're able to achieve. As I went through the book, there is uh, one of the things I loved is the idea of you've got to start unlocking and start implementing. So whenever I'm going through a book, and I think this is this is key for people who want to do, who want to refine, who want to maintain, who want to take things to the next level, that if the author can give someone some help along the way to say, hey, listen, you know, like these are the key points. Uh, this is what you need to do. But what what I noticed is, especially in the what's holding you back chapter, like you were pretty like open and vulnerable about like, hey, listen, these are things that we all face. And this these are things you face. How important was it for you to make sure that people when they read a book that's written by someone who who is an achiever, who coaches people in, in the practices of of getting things done and doing the right things? How important was it for you to say, hey, listen, we all like I'm, yeah. I, I'm learning this stuff, too, along the way, and I'm struggling with this stuff. Yeah, for sure. I am a very positive person. I don't sit in negativity for very long and I never show it because I don't think to show it. Mm -hmm. And I've learned over the years that that is not what people want to see. It it almost makes me look, whether it's unrelatable or even just 
well, she's so perfect that that this doesn't work like this in my world. And I, the more I've heard people say, but Stacy, right? And then kind of yeah. fill in the blank with one of those sentences, I realize how much I'm doing a disservice by not sharing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's funny, I wrote this book in during the pandemic. So yeah. I, I read maybe maybe half of it was pre pandemic and the other half was in the pandemic. And I remember I was I was actually in Florida. I'm from Wisconsin, but I was in Florida vacationing at the time when like the world was shutting down. We were on our, on our vacation for spring break and I came on camera probably within maybe 24 hours. I'm, you know, on vacation, my hair is not done, my, there's no makeup on. And I was maybe even a little emotional. I don't think I cried or anything, but I just went on and I said, listen, I am just like you. I am a small business owner. My building has just been shut down. This is not an ideal situation. And I kind of gave all of these things of what I was really going through, what was happening and, and the scary thoughts that were coming up. But then I said, but listen, you can throw a pity party for two minutes and now it's time. We got to act. We got to go. Like who's with me? Who's going to figure this out with me? Who wants to like really take lead and take charge here? And we're just going to go after this and we're going to come out on the, on the other end. And people like that would have been a different rally if I was like, it's okay. It's not affecting me. Like we're going to go after this and be amazing. People would have been like, she's crazy. She doesn't understand how severe this actually is. And forget that. Right. And I, I said, I had to be realistically optimistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Without it, it, that, they wouldn't have trusted me. Well, and the other thing is, is there's a there's a fine line between ignorance and arrogance, right? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like to to the ignorance is bliss, but the arrogance level, like especially when you achieve and when you've got a successful business, if it's like I can feel free to ignore this, it can come off as arrogance because well, it's not really affecting me, which we all know isn't true yeah. because there was a lot there there was and as of this recording there still is a lot of uncertainty yeah. and that's one of the things that i think people need when they read a book like this. the implementation code the word code basically says here's here's a framework here's a here's a here's here's a guide here's something that you can you can use um in your own life which i mean obviously my life's different than your life's different from the next person's life to kind of engineer as the certainty that you will need to navigate uncertain times. And right now, I mean, how did how did that affect you when you were writing this book, knowing, okay, we're in real uncharted waters at this time. Like we yeah. we have no um I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there because I think that people need this. Like they need that maybe not life raft, but that certainty, that map. Yeah. Um was that the impetus for you putting this together now? Or was this always kind of in the throes and then all of a sudden, oh the world's shutting down yeah. and now now do I do it or do I wait? Yeah. Oh, good question. So, yeah, and I don't even remember what chapter it is where I actually said I'm actually in the middle of this pandemic. Um, but that is when it happened. You Whatever probably chapter thought about, that was. You thought about it probably throughout. But, yeah, oh, it definitely yeah. comes up. I can't remember where either, but there is a point well, where you're like, ah. Yeah, and it really was. Pandemic had not happened at the time I was writing whatever mm -hmm. chapter I was in. And then it, it was here mm -hmm. and it was there. And, um, you know, I think. It, it made me think about it. I probably wrote a very different book, to be honest, yeah. because I might not have been thinking about, you know, when it gets ugly, when it gets bad, when it gets to the scary unknown, if I would have tackled that angle as much as I did. But man, when I was in there, you know, de debating what am I gonna do and how do I get through this? The word impl implementation, it's just, it's constant, right? You really have to do to get through this kind of stuff. And truly, 
I, I think it just made me open my eyes even more to really like what the real world looks like. And when people get stuck, it's usually because something isn't going their way. Mm. We just had like the most extreme situation at the time that I was writing this to be able to tie that in. But it really is, it's easy to do when things are easy. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Right, right, right. Now, one of the things I want to bring up, and and this, I don't think this is, um, as I was going through the book, I don't think this is overtly stated. But as somebody who's read their fair share of this stuff and lives in this, it was there. It was subtly underneath. This isn't about getting it all done, Correct. per se. Even though the subtitle says getting yes. it all done. <laughs> because, that, because I mean, again, it's like Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week, things like that. People are like, oh, I want to get it all done. Mm-hmm. It, how important is it for you? And, and we talk, you talk about this and you touch on this in, in the hyper-focus chapter where you talk about the quarterly master three goals. And I want to talk about that. But how important was it for you to kind of – Get people in the door and then say, wait a minute, hold on a second. This isn't about, this is about getting the right things done. Like, why was that key for you? Because I think when people think about achievement, they think about as much as I can possibly do or as much as there is out there, as opposed to what should I really be focusing on? Yeah. So I I think 
you know, the more success I achieve and the more people want me to tell them how I'm doing it and what I'm doing now, it's funny because it's it's basically what I was doing, but a whole lot less mm -hmm. than before. Mm -hmm. And it's because we're refining, right? Yeah. We're going back to that word. We are cleaning up. You know, if I were to share with you my goals for 2022 and I don't have them solidified yet, it's basically just cleaning up 2021's goals. It's getting them tighter. It's getting them stronger, probably taking some things off of my plate that I had before. And yes, of course, I put it in the in the sub headline because I wanted I knew who I was talking to yeah. the person who is like, just help me get this done. Right. Yeah. And it's a question I always hear people ask me. And, you know, in that conversation, I'm always very truthful of listen, I appear to be getting a lot more done than you actually realize, or you don't see how many things I just had to cross off my plate and get rid of, completely delete, or maybe completely delegate. You know, I have a, an employee right now that's overwhelmed. And I said to her, show me your to-do list. Like, just like, give it to me right now, right? Mm -hmm. There is so much stuff that we can just pause on or just get rid of completely. And when you tell people that, they're, they're like, oh, like, no, 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 th this is the list. I have to get the list done. And, and I just kind of go back and say, but but how much of this list is actually going to move the needle? Mm -hmm. Like what kind of results are we going to get when we do it? And if you feel like, well, that one email would be nice to send, but it may not make me more money. It may not do X, Y, Z, right? All of a sudden we're looking at a very, very different game. So what is actually going to help you move the needle? What needs to happen? And what would just be nice to have happen, but it's on the bottom of your list. You've gotta be okay with having part of that list never happening. Right. Let's circle back to the idea of, you know, when things are uncertain, when when things are moving forward faster than you could probably handle, like time, time flows on whether we want it to or not. Things are. And I mean, what's interesting is, of course, during I found I don't know if you found this, but during the pandemic, there were periods of like, it's really slow. And then I'm like, holy crap, things sped up really quickly. Like it's just yeah. fits and starts. Right. Resourcefulness you bring up in Chapter five. And the one thing, as soon as you're going through, it's on page, I'll say it's on page 71. I'm looking at it right now. And the, and the big subtitle, the, the, the subheading of establishing boundaries. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> so many people, and you just touched on it. The idea of saying like, where do we draw the line? Mm -hmm. How, how important, I mean, you, you discuss this in the book, the importance of it, but how important is it for people to really give this more of their attention? Because I, we we hear about the quantitative productivity stuff like the let's let's check out let's get to inbox zero let's get that to do list down from but it's that softer stuff the stuff that's soft but then once you 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 put it in place and again you talk about like codifying it you put it in place people are like oh this is making everything maybe not necessarily easier but certainly simpler so in terms of boundaries what are what are your suggestions for people who are either they don't know how to set them or when they do, they don't know how to, here's that word again, maintain them? Yes. Yeah, it's fun to pick a boundary and to say, I'm not going to check email in the evening yeah. or I'm not going to, you know, schedule anything on, on Saturdays. And then somebody asks you something, a friend calls you up or your mom asks you, right? And, and you just go, sure. And then you yeah. break your own boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing we have to realize is that no one is doing anything to us. We are allowing it to happen, right? Right. We are putting them on our calendar. They are taking up part of our white space, right? We get to decide. And I think part of us, you know, we're, we're people pleasers. A lot of us, we like to 
you know, we, we like to be liked. Mm -hmm. So we want to say yes when somebody needs something. And so many times we wake up so resentful of what the calendar holds today. And the only person we can blame is us, yep. right? Um, I recently interviewed, this was before, this was after the book, so it's not in there, but I recently interviewed Sherry Salata on my podcast. She was the um, co-executive, or she was the executive producer of the Oprah Winfrey Show. And one of the things that she had said to me on that episode, which I'm like, I'm stealing this from her, and I hope you steal this from me sharing it from her, but she basically said, when somebody asks me to do something, when it's in the future, it always feels like it's not going to affect me, right? So as we're recording this, you know, Mike, if you were to ask me to like talk to me this week, it might feel like, oh, shoot, I have a really busy week. But if Mike said, hey, you know, three months from now, can we get on your calendar? It feels like, sure, you know, three months, that's, mm -hmm. that's far away. And she said, I act like every day that the people want on my calendar is today. So if you were to ask me 90 days from now to meet, I would say, do I have time to meet with Mike today? Mm -hmm. And if the feeling is not, like this abundance of white space on my calendar, then I need to say, you know, right now I'm not taking any new appointments. Right. And that's hard. It is. It, it is so hard because again, you want to, you don't want to sound rude. You don't want to sound. And here's what I've discovered is it's not about them. It's about you and what you need right now and letting them know this has nothing to do with you. Right. right. I love our conversations. I love getting to spend time with you, but here's why. And, and this happened actually during the pandemic. Uh, I remember, and I felt really bad saying this because this, this is a nice person, but my sister-in-law was like, Hey, I, it was over summer. I was still, you know, this, my, I, I brick and mortar businesses, not to mention besides my online. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot going on and she was like, Hey, we would love to schedule like a weekend away sometime this fall. And I had to say, right now i'm still in this crazy season of not knowing what's going on and i i'm putting so much into my work week that on saturday sunday i just need to have a wide open free space right mm -hmm. and she she was like well you pick like when that whatever weekend you want like we can work around your calendar and i had to say no like three different times because she wasn't really grasping it right mm -hmm. and i and i just said and she's like, you're busy every weekend. I'm like, no, I'm not busy every weekend. The idea here is that I'm wide open, that I can just get back to recharging so I can get back into Monday and save my businesses and figure out what I need to do. And, and you know what? She didn't fully understand, but it's okay. I yeah. don't need her to understand. Yeah. I just needed to keep me and my family safe and protected and me reach heart, right? And I, and I think sometimes we're trying so hard to get them to get it. And it's okay if they don't. You know, it's funny. Speaking of, I mean, because you and I took a while to get this thing scheduled. Yeah. And it was, and a lot of it was due to conflicts and so on and so forth. Yeah. But also part of it was changing boundaries, at least on my part too. Yeah. Um, one of the things I do, and I mean, I'll, I'll, the idea of theming my days gives me a boundary. And what I love, uh, if you're, if, and I, if you put yourself in a position where, the choices are simplified or automated to a point. And I'm not saying like automated in terms of like you've got an app doing it, but like, for example, uh, the podcast is a great example. We get a lot of requests for the podcast. As of this recording, we are booked all the way with either interviews already recorded or guests till April of 2022. Wow. And we're recording this on September 27th, 2021. Yeah. <laughs> so part of me is like, okay, well, we need to make sure we have a good backlog, but six months of backlog is too much. Um, but where's that line? Like, where do we do it? So, um, having, and this leans into the accountability piece too, because you talk about this in the book, I have an operations assistant who is operations coordinator, actually, who we sat down and I said, okay, 
when do you think is a good time? I know what my boundaries are. I want and and I'm also the type of person who's a people pleaser. So I'm like, oh, I feel really, you know, this and this and this. And also sometimes we get an interview that is like, oh, we should really jump the queue on this. And I said, but that's me. I said, your job is to keep me out of my own way sometimes, uh, more often than not, actually. And so we we literally sat down last week and blocked off all the way until the end of the year. So no one can book any time until Janu- mid- mid-January. Mm-hmm. We booked off spring break when my kids are out of school. And then we booked off the entire summer of next year, June, July, August. So then what we did, so it was just math. We're like, okay, well, now we only have this many weeks. And then how do we say no? And how do we say no in a way that you're going to feel okay? So I actually have an email template that I send. So I don't have to think about it. It's literally, and I think that the code is N0P3, which is nope. And it literally spits <laughs> out a text that like a thing that says, hey, mm-hmm. we're, you know, sorry right now we're full up to, yeah. but Anything I think you can do to remove the emotional element, which is what I think trips us up. Yeah. And which and makes the, us and we get defensive. Like we have right. to have this amazing excuse for you to understand why we're doing this. Right. The, the the whole conversation that you had to have where it's like, okay, no. Okay, let me try it this way to say no. Okay, <laughs> let me try it this way to say no. It happened to me this past week and we had yeah. some uh, friends that were uh, my wife said, "Hey, would you want to be social tonight?" And my gut instinct initially was not really. Like I've been busy. But but my wife is not my wife's fairly introverted, so she's like I'm like, "Well, she wants to be social." So and by the time we got to the point of it, it turned into <laughs> turned from like having one person over to all of a sudden like six people. I'm like, no, no. So I had to actually send a text saying, hey, I overestimated my my bandwidth, my energy. Sorry, can we wait? And you know what the best part was? Everyone was cool. No one was, no one was like, my guy, you're such a jerk, blah, 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 blah. How important is it for people when they are establishing boundaries, when they're trying to be accountable, when they're putting this code in place for them to be really, really not only vulnerable, but realistic and true to themselves so that they can implement the way that they know that they can when they're when they're at that optimal level. Yeah. Well, I think you have to get really clear on what it is you do want. And you know, that that example with your wife is a great example that sometimes it's a negotiate like you have to negotiate mm-hmm. what this is going to be together. It might not just be you getting to decide. You might have to do this with somebody, right? Right. So really coming up with a win-win for both of you. And yeah, sometimes you might be having to be a little bit more social than you want because it's it's your wife's turn or vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the big thing is getting very clear on what do I want and having everybody involved of this is like our time, right? So we have a rule. My daughter is six and she will ask for a play date every day. And she will ask for a play date the second the first play date goes home. Like they'll go home and she'll go, okay, now who can we invite over? And we had to put in play date rules of Sunday is family day. So don't even ask for a play date on a Sunday because you're not going to see friends. Like it is going to be the family. And even just getting her to understand this is how we do it. It's helping the situation, right? So getting clear, making sure everybody's aware. And then what I like to do is I like to get ahead of the questions. So if I know that typically I do usually hang out with a group of friends on a Saturday or a weekend, or we see them every, you know, however often, maybe every fall you go to this trip together, you might just give a heads up, say, hey, I know I typically do this. This year, I'm not gonna be able to. I wanted to, you know, give you that heads up. And and whether you give a reason or not, that's okay. 
But where you have to understand is people won't believe you or trust you or stick to your rules if you don't stick to right, your rules. Right, right. I love that. If you don't respect your boundaries, you can't expect anybody else no, to. No, right. What and I, what and I you got to get ready to go right. to, to be able to stick to it. What I love about this, too, is that when you're talking about the implementation code, people are like, oh, this is this is a book on how you operate your business. Nope. No, no, no. Yeah. Good, good frameworks are transferable and transcend that stuff. They transcend projects, they transcend. And and I think that what I find fascinating about what the pandemic has done is that you needed that. You needed like an operating system so that, because some people were working from home and there's no physical environmental change. So the shift is a mind shift thing. And if you've got some kind of codification or some kind of framework, I think that's really, really powerful. And I, I wonder, and, and I'd love for you to feel, is as you were going through the process of writing this book, either in the initial phase of like, you know, I need to make something that is, uh, that, that covers, so when people go home, they don't go, okay, well, now it's time to be different. Or was it something that kind of organically happened through the process of writing? I'm like, wait a minute, this is, this is, this, like, we just shifted the conversation on this, on this conversation as well, like on this episode where we we're like, hey, let's talk about work. Oh, now we're talking about getting together with friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, was that, was that I was, incidental or was it no, intentional? Yeah. I was very intentional. And one of the reasons is because I have a lot of people, I, I'm a business coach. Mm -hmm. I work with business owners, but I have a lot of friends or people that were following me. Like I, we hired somebody that listened to my podcast and she doesn't have a business. And I said, why have you been listening to my podcast, <laughs> which is a business podcast for three years and you don't have a business. And, and it's just funny how some people will say, well, I can, you know, make this relate to what I do. And I like the way you teach. And, and I remember thinking, I want something that my high school friend could pick up and read and get value out of. I right. want something that somebody might be in a corporate job and they want to just be more successful or they want to lose weight or they, and I, I just remember thinking, I want this really truly to serve more than I typically serve. Right. Mm -hmm. And to have that wider audience. But yes, I, I, I am very, like you'll read it and you'll get some great business advice, but we also do have strategies and samples of, of things that have nothing to do with your job or your career or anything. And it's just because how you do one thing is how you do everything, uh, right? Yes, yes. So if you want to learn how to drink more water, it's actually the same way as how to grow your business. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy when you figure out how to set habits, but they really are universal. So last thing before we wrap up, remember yeah. I said the bottom right has quotes and yes. so on and so forth. So there's a call out box in here. And this was this was one. And I think it relates back to some of the stuff we were talking about, earlier about friends and relationships. Mm -hmm. Evaluate relationships, tasks and goals. And you touched on this earlier and decide if it may be time to let them go. So what I it wasn't we talked about the to do list. You're talking to your 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 employee saying, let these things go, let these things go. We talked about like, you know, setting boundaries. The tricky part, I think, and this is where I think it, it kind of, um, again, that 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 way of operating transcends the business is the the idea of letting relationships go, of letting personal stuff go. Um, how do you how do you uh, encourage or how do you um, give someone the 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 fuel to sit down and do that evaluation? Because that is that's the stuff that we push aside because. It's not only unpleasant, but it's also the very thing that we need to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing I would say, and I always tell people, 
you're not announcing to the world. Oh, by the way, Mike, you and I are no right. longer friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna me. publicly unfriend them no. on Facebook and have them go, wait a minute, what no. the this is a secret evaluation, sure. right? No one's gonna know. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're sitting down with yourself and you're really asking, who am I spending the most amount of time with? Like, what are those relationships? Who are they? Mm -hmm. And then you're asking yourself, do I like the person I am when I'm with this group of people or this person, an individual? Am I being a better version of myself or are they kind of, Are they, I shouldn't say they, am I allowing them to pull me down? Right. Right, there are people that you know, maybe you gossip a little bit with a little bit more, you're a little bit more negative or, right? Or you eat worse when you go out with them to dinner or bad habits happen, right? There are people there, some people bring you up and some people pull you down, mm -hmm. right? And it's time for you to decide where do you, where do you feel the best? Like, where do you wanna be? If you are here, I know you're here because you wanna be a better version of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Well it's really hard to continue to be a better version of yourself when people are pulling you down, right? Yep. So this is one of those things where I think, I think I heard this from Darren Hardy, but he basically had said, I'm not saying you can't hang around your high school friends, right? Or whoever the group is that you're, you're doing, you're hanging out with that maybe you're like time to let go, but maybe they're not like a daily phone call anymore yep. or daily texting. Maybe they're those people you hang out with once every 90 days or maybe let the neighbor across the street who gets you it's like a drinking buddy and you're always there to 3 30 in the morning on friday maybe that's like a once a month or a once a quarter or once a year activity mm -hmm. you just lessen the frequency and yeah. that's if you still want to hang out with them right right it's 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 all about i think about this and i mean i, I throw pro wrestling a lot into, into what i do but yeah. the dwayne the rock johnson you say know your role like know their role, know the role that they play. Um, there's people that I hang out with, and this was particularly hard during the pandemic because most of the people that I that play in the same space are on the other side of the border. So it's very challenging to go to go be around them. And most of the people that are here are not in that same space. They have a job that's not as risky. They you know they're not as entrepreneurial. But knowing that their role and being aware, I think that's the key too, right? Like that awareness and constantly or consistently, maybe not constantly, feeding that awareness so that you you don't lose sight of it. Yeah. And that's the, the great thing about when you're reading this book is that really ultimately what I think this does is heightens your awareness. It gives you that, yeah. that like, you know, it gives you not only a pattern, but it's a simple plat pattern that you can, that fosters awareness so that you're not gonna get lost in the minutia of it. Cause there's not, I mean, no, you don't want something to be complicated. Uh, complexity is fine when it's when it's handled accordingly, but the, what you put in this book, Stacy, is rock solid, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to be with me today to discuss it. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it, and and I think th I love that we're ending because I really do think this is one of the most powerful places, right, in your life that you might not realize. And and even being here with Mike and I, we're not here together in person, mm -hmm. but you you're you're feeding your mind with a positive conversation right? Even ask yourself, like, should I be binging Netflix right now? Should I be jumping over here? Should I be reading this book, that book? Wherever you can replace some of that maybe more negative with the positive, your life will be so much better. The book is called The Implementation Code, Unlock the Secret to Getting It, air quotes, all done. Uh, air quotes are not on this book cover. <laughs> uh, Stacey, where can people uh, pick up the book? And I think you've got like a, a course and stuff too, right? Yes. Am I 
Yep. So if you go to implementationcode.co forward slash free book, you can still get the book for free. Just pay the shipping and handling. And in the book, we have an actually like a complimentary companion course Mm -hmm. that is free and it's video and some workbooks and all of that. Because I I said to my team, I'm like, how am I going to make an implementation code book and not get people to implement? We have to be bigger and better and get people to act. So I made sure we had some um, nice things with it to get you going and to get you taking action. Stacey, thanks so much for having a productive conversation with me today. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Big thanks to Stacey for joining me today and having another productive conversation. You can find the links to our previous conversation and a whole bunch of other things at productivityist.com slash podcast 404. You can also find all of the sponsors that were mentioned on today's episode and support them. That's how this show keeps going strong at productivityist.com slash podcast sponsors. Another way you can support the show? Well, just subscribe. You are currently listening to this on some sort of device. Maybe it's an iPhone. Maybe it's an Android device. Maybe you're using Spotify. Maybe you're using Apple Podcasts. Either way, hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss a single episode of what's to come. But also you can easily search through the archives without any issue whatsoever. Things will just get to you that much quicker. Speaking of keeping up with our episodes, next time around, I'm joined by Becca Ribbing. You don't want to miss that conversation. That's it for this one, though. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.